What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and it feels like we have reached a pressure point in the fantasy football season where bye weeks are happening, injuries are happening all over the place, and there's finally some momentum for trades to happen in your leagues. There's a lot more scenarios where people might need a player or a position on their team because of some kind of circumstance. Now, I know I'm sounding pretty vague here, but trades become more frequent as more things happen in the NFL season, which brings us to today where we're going to talk about my top five must buy and sell trade targets. We'll go through three buys, two sells for all kinds of teams out there. So with that being said, let's not waste any more time. If you enjoy the video, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like, let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm all right, so our first buy candidate here is CeeDee Lamb. And I think that there is a small stench around this offense where this was a blow-up spot. Huge over-under, Lions versus Cowboys was supposed to be great for fantasy football. And instead, the Cowboys still score 24 points, which isn't, which isn't bad at all. But of their three touchdowns, two of them went to Zeke. Another of them went to Hendershot. CeeDee Lamb didn't play great. Dak didn't play great. CeeDee Lamb had just 10.6 PPR points in a game where all of these pieces were supposed to erupt. So you kind of get this vibe that CeeDee Lamb and this whole offense has been underperforming. CeeDee Lamb actually over the last three weeks is the wide receiver 29 in fantasy. He has scored less PPR points over that span than DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Alec Pierce, a lot of names that you want CeeDee Lamb to be ahead of. So I have to imagine whoever's out there rostering CeeDee Lamb, they have to be getting a little annoyed, a little tired of waiting around for these points. So that's when we swoop in. He's still seeing a ton of volume. He's second in the NFL behind only Cooper Cup in target share with 31.4%. Dak just had 207 yards and a touchdown. This passing offense should see much more than that. You should see like 250 plus, like two plus passing touchdowns in games as Dak gets more acclimated from his injury and more sort of comfortable playing games after this injury with this offense. So I think Dak is going to add a lot to this offense for fantasy, but we're already seeing a better environment in this Cowboys offense. If we look at what this offense looked like with Cooper Rush from weeks two through six, they were 29th in pass rate over expected, and they were 29th in EPA per play. EPA per play is just an offensive efficiency metric that's better than offensive points per game. It just takes into account where you're at on the field in terms of field position, how many points were you expected to score, how many points did you actually score it's just a really nice way of isolating an offense. So with Dak back in week seven, they went from 29th in PROE to 14th in pass rate over expected. And they went from 20th in EPA per play to 11. So Dak already injected efficiency. He injected more pass volume into this offense. And while it wasn't fireworks, I think that it's a strong showing for what the future is going to look like as Dak settles in. CeeDee Lamb got unlucky with Zeke touchdowns and Hendershot touchdowns, but if CeeDee Lamb holds on to a 30% target share in this environment that is 14th in pass rate over expected with a healthy, efficient Dak, 30% target share is going to get him into the top six wide receiver rest of season area. After you talk about like Devontae, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Jefferson Cup, I think CeeDee Lamb is squarely in that conversation if he holds on to that 30% target share. Now, if we look at what the schedule looks like, he has the Bears this week, then he has a bye. And then I think after that bye with Dak clicking, having some time off, having some time off to kind of game plan the following weeks, you have him coming up back from bye. And that's what I think CeeDee Lamb is really going to be 
possibly a league winner down the stretch. I would love the idea of selling high on guys like Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins for him. Maybe you can do Gabe Davis in a piece. Maybe you can do Ezekiel Elliott in a piece for CeeDee Lamb. I would try and buy for like fringe top 12 to top 15 prices on CeeDee Lamb with the hope that after the buy, he's like a top six option at wide receiver. Then we have Devin Singletary as a buy target here. And it just feels like Devin Singletary is perpetually undervalued because his name is Devin Singletary. He's not super sexy, but he is similar to these Chiefs running backs like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire where you get a boost for being in such a great offense. This is the NFL's second highest scoring offense, and he's essentially their bell cow. The last time we saw Devin Singletary in uniform before the bye week was against Kansas City where he had 17 carries and five targets. That's like 22 opportunities for Devin Singletary. He only had 14.7 points, but the volume is there. He has only one touchdown on the NFL's second highest scoring offense. I do think he's due for some positive regression here. If we look at his expected points per game on the season, he's the RB19 in expected points per game. He's the RB24 in points per game. In an offense like this, he shouldn't be at minus 1.2 fantasy points over expected. So he's actually underperforming his volume right now. Expected points per game just takes into account your carries, your red zone opportunities, your goal line carries. Based on your carries, your targets, all of that, how many fantasy points should you be putting up? He's underperforming that right now. Now, how is he going to get more touchdowns? I think he's going to see more carries inside of the 10. If we look at the Bills carries inside of the 10, they have had 12 total carries inside of the 10. We have Singletary with four of those, which puts them at about a third. And you have Josh Allen with eight of those 12, which puts them at 66%. Of those 12 carries, there's only been one touchdown inside the 10. It was Josh Allen with just one touchdown. Now, the weird part is that Josh Allen has 66% of the carries inside of the 10 right now, his career high was when he was a rookie at only 36.7%. He's outperforming that by a full 30%. We have Singletary, where he was operating at 32.1% last year. He's still operating at about 33%, but last year he was splitting up a third with Singletary, Josh Allen, and then Zach Moss. Zach Moss and James Cook have no carries inside of the 10 right now. You have to think that some of that 66% that's on Josh Allen's plate is going to get transferred over to Singletary, and then he should see some goal line luck here with just having one touchdown on the year, no touchdowns on carries inside of the 10. So with added touchdown luck on the goal line with less Josh Allen rushes inside the 10, again, he's at 66 right now. His career high is like 36%. That has to come down. Zach Moss hasn't been playing. I think James Cook is an undersized guy to be a goal line back. I think Devin Singletary is going to be due for more touchdowns. It wouldn't shock me at all. If he had like a five or six game stretch like Clyde Edwards-Laird did to start the season where he was just scoring touchdowns at will. Now, he also has an easy schedule the rest of the way. He gets Green Bay, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago over the rest of the year. Those are all defenses in the top 10 for most points allowed to running backs. So I think if I was trying to acquire Singletary, I would want to try and get him on the super cheap. Maybe if I could sell a piece for like Singletary and a piece, right? Maybe you could sell say not Mike Evans, but maybe somebody in that area, you sell a Mike Evans for like CD lamb and a Singletary, or you could do like Mike Evans and a Deonta Foreman for a CD and a Singletary. I would be trying to sell high on guys like, you know, Benjamin, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery for Singletary, whether that includes a piece on either side, I'm not sure. I don't mind as well selling guys like Juju or McLaurin for Singletary in a small piece, but I would try and acquire him on teams. Maybe you lost a Brees Hall, Maybe you lost a J.K. Dobbins and you need running back help bad. I think that he's a really nice cheap RB2 to grab for a low price right now. Then our last buy for today is Darnell Mooney, who's really sneaky because 
he is somebody that you can grab for cheap and he can be a nice wide receiver depth piece that you can put in the flex during all of these bye weeks and his price should be really cheap right now he is the wide receiver 65 on the year in total ppr points that's even with him not having a buy and like a bunch of other teams having a buy he's at wide receiver 65 we're not even doing points per game there and he has never had a week over 15 points during this season he didn't have a crazy game against the patriots on monday night he seems like somebody you can buy fairly easy but i think if you dig a little bit deeper and look at this offense there's been a huge shift since week four and i think we'll see mooney start to score points here soon where if we look at the bears offense from weeks one through three there's been this big shift since week four where from week four on they've had 20 pass attempts or more in each of their games after running like a high school offense in the first three weeks now if you look at the first three weeks they're 32nd in pass rate over expected so how much are they passing over what they're expected to pass they were league bottom they were 29th in pass epa per play so that's pass efficiency per play 32nd in offensive plays per game with 53 plays per game that's really low volume and no passing volume at all means that darnell mooney can't score fantasy points in an offense with no volume at all since then though from weeks four through seven they're 28th in pass rate over expectation they're 15th in pass epa per play so they're 15th in passing efficiency with fields which is really good and they went from 32nd in offensive plays per game to 19th in offensive plays per game with 62 plays per game over these last three weeks now i say three weeks because i couldn't find the weeks four through seven data for offensive plays per game but 62 per game over the last three weeks 19th the nfl is huge this is a huge boost in efficiency for this passing offense and they're running nine more plays per game which is huge it's like a whole extra drive and maybe even a drive and a half of offense which is massive they're starting to look like an actual offense here passing the ball at a normal ish rate running a normal ish amount of plays actually having an efficient passing offense and i know that the pass rate is low here right 32nd pass rate over expected to 28th is only like what last to fifth worst but it's a really big improvement. They were minus 20% over expected through week three in terms of their pass rate. So that means if their expected pass rate in the situation is 50%, the Bears pass rate was actually 30% in that scenario. But since week four, they're now at just minus 8%. So if their expected pass rate was 50%, okay, they're passing the ball 42% in that spot instead of like a super low 30%. So it's at least getting back up here. And this is a team, their strength is the run game. Khalil Herbert is running like a man on fire. David Montgomery's not bad. Fields in the read option game. We saw it on Monday night. It seems like Getzi's starting to scheme him more read options and design quarterback run plays. So it makes sense that they want to run the ball, but they're at least passing the ball at a spot where they can support at least one fantasy option and they're throwing the ball with efficiency. And that's huge because if the environment is there, that's all we need for Mooney. On an individual basis, Mooney is commanding volume. He just needs an offensive environment to give him enough a big enough pie so that his big slice of the pie is still enough to be like a wide receiver three he's already seventh in target share at 28.7 percent target share on the season and of that top eight in target share he leads them all in eight out with 14.3 the next highest is Devonte adams at 10.9 so he has this alpha Devonte adams s target share but he's like another four yards downfield which adds in a lot of efficiency per catch to darnell mooney now i don't have data for week seven yet because the monday night game just happened but if we look at weeks five and six darnell mooney was the wide receiver 12 in expected points per game he ended up as the wide receiver 35 over that stretch underperforming his 15.4 expected points per game line by minus 4.9 fantasy points over expected so he has underperformed his expected output by minus 4.9 fantasy points over expected per game he should see some positive regression here especially 
as this passing offense becomes not only more voluminous, but efficient as well. So the usage has been there. He's in a great role as a deep threat, target hog. The offense has made huge improvements to the environment. I do think that big games are ahead here, especially after playing Dallas this week. He gets the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Falcons, who are in the top 12 for most points allowed to wide receivers. So I would try and buy a super low right now. Maybe you can do Tyler Boyd, a Rondale, and Alec Pierce, and like a small piece for Darnell Mooney, or maybe one of those guys straight up for Darnell Mooney. Maybe a Chuba Hubbard, or Deonta Foreman, a James Robinson straight up for a Darnell Mooney. I also like the idea. This is a sneaky one. If you are a contender, and let's say you have a struggling team in your league who has their key players on by. So let's say Chargers and Chiefs are on by this week, right? Let's say they have Mike Williams, they have Patrick Mahomes, and they have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Their team looks tough this week, but these guys are also like two and five or three and four. They need a win bad. I think that's when you can kind of swoop in there. And let's say they have Mahomes and Mike Williams. Let's say that you trade them your Kyler Murray for their Mahomes, and they add a little juice on top because, again, you're a contender. Why would you want to make a lateral move here? Just ask for a little bit of juice. You can get somebody on top like a Darnell Mooney, right? So you could do Mahomes and Darnell Mooney for your Kyler Murray. And you can give them a really nice QB fill-in for the bye week. Or you could do like Mike Williams. You could do their Mike Williams for your, I don't know, somebody in that same Mike Williams area. Maybe a, not a Godwin or an Olave. Let me see real quick. Actually, Mike Williams is a bad example since he's hurt. But maybe you go out there and you trade for somebody's Keenan Allen. And you give up like a Christian Kirk form where, okay, you give him that fill-in. You take Mike, you take Keenan Allen, but that's a lateral move for you. You need some juice on top. So maybe you go in there and you buy low on a Darnell Mooney or somebody else. I like buying low is like an AJ Dillon as well, or one of these cheap running backs in ambiguous situations from there, or like a Kareem Hunt as well. And then from there, of course, you just get that little profit on top for giving him that bi-week fill-in in a must-win spot. Now, before we get into our two sell candidates here, Make sure if you haven't already, you check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. That'll be at the top of the description and the top of the comments down below. Every single Wednesday when I release these videos, I come out with my rest of season rankings, which gives you my top 25 quarterbacks, my top 25 tight ends, my top 50 running backs and wide receivers. Rest of season. So when you're making these trades, you can see where I have each of these players ranked rest of season to make sure you're not selling players too low, you're not buying too high. And it gives you a gauge of sort of how I see the trade market. Now, on top of all that, you'll get my dynasty stuff. You'll get my start sit streams on Sunday. You'll get my waiver wire articles on Tuesdays. You get a plethora of things from yours truly on the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Now, our first sell here is pretty simple. It's Terry McLaurin. He had a huge game, eight targets, five catches, 73 yards, a touchdown, 18.3 points. He finished as a top 12 wide receiver this week with a 24% target share. I think I would cash out for a few reasons. One, we've already seen what the Taylor Heineke experience is for Terry McLaurin. He had a good game here, but over a larger sample that hasn't really historically held up. Over the last two years, McLaurin has played 24 games. He has played 17 with Heineke. He has played seven without him. With Heineke, he averages 13.3 points per game. Without him, he averages 18.8. Heineke has not been great for McLaurin. Heineke is not a good quarterback. He is genuinely a bottom five passer in the NFL. They had a great game. They beat the Packers. There's The vibes are high for the Washington Commanders. Yet, Taylor Heineke had the second worst passer grade of the week at 33, below Zach Wilson, one point ahead of Mac Jones. The quarterback play is not amazing. I think that this was a blip on the radar for McLaurin in a matchup against the Packers here. 
You also have the added target competition of Jahan Dotson coming back. You have Curtis Samuel there, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. You have all of these pieces here. You have a subpar quarterback. I think there's going to be worse days ahead for McLaurin. So if I could get out from underneath McLaurin and sell him maybe a piece for a DeAndre Swift or an ETN, a CeeDee Lamb, a Debo Samuel, any of those guys, if I could cash out on McLaurin for like a fringe top 24 price tag, I would. Now for our last sell here, you probably can't get a ton for them, but if you can sell either Chuba Hubbard or Deonta Foreman as a spot start to the guy who had Brees Hall or J.K. Dobbins or struggling at running back, I would look to cash in on that as soon as possible, especially if neither of these guys are going in your lineup every week. Now in a game against the Buccaneers, both Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman were top 24 running backs this week, but they vastly performed their expected points. Both of them were expected to score under 10 PPR points based on their volume. Both overshot their volume by six plus points, which can't stick. Foreman and Hubbard have never had over one fantasy point over expected per game over their entire careers. Never mind three, four, five, six over expected. So there's not going to be enough combined volume for both of these running backs to be startable on a weekly basis. They're not going to rally and beat teams like the Buccaneers every week. This is still the 32nd EPA per play offense. It should be a dumpster fire. This is a tanking team, a losing team. I don't think that either will even be startable options every single week moving forward. It's going to be a split backfield, almost 50-50 on a team that's not going to score a ton of points and they're not going to move the ball a ton either. So if this first game of them being startable options means you can sell them to somebody on the idea that they can be startable options for that person you should cash out if you could sell either for a wide receiver to put in your flex during buy i think that's the move especially if you're set at running back i like the idea of selling for a darnell mooney a rashad bateman a kareem hunt and aj Dillon. these guys you can buy low for really cheap and just give somebody short-term starting production at running back if you don't need that yourself now that is going to do it for us today as always, if you want access to my rest of season rankings, that'll be on patreon.com. You can find that at the top of the description or the top of the comments below. And if you can't support me there, likes, subscribes, comments go a long way, especially in the middle of the season when the algorithm is kind of crapping out on the rest of us. Growth has really slowed down since the summer, but I'm still out here grinding every day, making videos for you guys. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you in the next video. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag of on. Rapper song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner's dreamer. Hell back asses, Loki's still a dinner.